Hi, this is Jim Chung, and you're listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics. It's like you're loading a gun. Ka-chink. You're putting that Ooh, bullet in. Let's. No. <laughs> no guns. No guns. A clay pigeon. Okay. All right. I, I wasn't being. I, I wasn't trying no, to. No, I know. I just know. It, it's just I'm. I'm so. I'm. I'm not. I'm not starting off the episode with that. But it's just I'm. I'm so. It's. It's fucking gross now. Just you can't even. You can't even accidentally cross someone's fucking driveway. I just. I, it's like I, the ball return on a bowling alley. A chunk. There's your ball, Dap. There's your ball. Yeah. Dude, I didn't even tell you guys. Uh, Jackson was yesterday. He and his uh, like his band, they were they were on a trip to Mount Olive to do a, <laughs> an event. Popeye's gig. And <laughs> what? Mount, Mount Olive. Olive? Popeye. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, true, but no. But they they sheltered in place, and then they got sent home early. And I was like, oh, it was one of those one of those. But it turns out it was a legit thing. They they, wow. they, they arrested they arrested two kids. Um, state troopers arrested them. Before they got to the school, but they they were they were legit. The kids were Man. gonna come and try and fuck up the school. So the I, we were just um, we were watching uh, Jordan Klepper one of his clips before I came upstairs, and he um, he was in Montana talking to um, talking to someone about gun culture and the company Armlot, the company that makes the AR-15, is now coming out has has come out with a JR-15, and like the logo is like. A skull and crossbones, but like with a pacifier in yeah. its mouth. That gets fucking targeted for. I don't. I, I can't. <sighs> fucking done with this fucking country with this shit. Hey, everybody. Yeah, hey everybody. <laughs> Let's do this. It's 11 Please. o'clock comics, episode Ooh. 849. I'm Vince B. Oh, yes, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. And speaking of dark rides, I'm Sam Hain Dante. <gasps> no, you read it. You did. Bro, check. Awesome. Bro, check the list. You're not. Well, you kind of do resemble him a little bit. <laughs> if your sister looked like Halloween, if you had a sister, uh, I, sister. I, I, I would be all over that. I'd be over your house. She I mean, would look just like that, uh, right? But you're yeah. not. You're not Sam. Dante, you're Jason Wood, everybody, here together for this regular episode. we got a lot of comics to talk about, but first we have to tell you who made this whole shebang possible. CheapGraphicNovels.com. One more time for the people in the cheap seats, CheapGraphicNovels.com. The modus operandi is right in the name. You will not pay a lot for your trade paperbacks, omnibu, manga, all that collected stuff. It's going to cost you a little bit, not a lot bit. If you're a trade waiter or an omnibus lover, this is the one place to go because they have everything. And more often than not, lower prices than Amazon. Like what? Where are you going to get it cheaper than that? You're not. Maximum value for your dollar. Here's the rub. Go to their site. Take a look around. You'll be, that's you breathing in at all the money you're going to save on your first order. Place an order. Doesn't have to be big, right? You will get an email confirmation. And what you have to do is reply to that email confirmation saying, yo, 
my booze at 11 o'clock comics sent me. And then you'll get another reply saying, well, my good man, you're very smart. Here is free shipping credit on your second order. That is when you go crazy and order the big box books. So go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Take a round. You, I'd be stunned if you didn't find like 10, 15 things right off the bat that you want to buy because the prices are low. Stretch that dollar, yo. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Do it. Yeah, I, po- I posted into the Facebook group uh, because Max is having a big old image comic sale, 50% off. Wait, image? I thought it was a DC thing. No, right now it's a 50% off image. A four, over 1,400 image titles Shit. discounted at 50% off. Is that, is that Ice Cream Man omnibus in there? I didn't look yet. Maybe not. I just took a snapshot of the of the uh, the ad on Insta and posted it into the Facebook group and said everybody needs to treat yourself while that uh, that tax refund money is burning a hole in your pocket. That's a tagline at cheapgraphicnovels.com. Treat. I, I believe I took it right from his his post. Oh, that okay. He made there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. like their thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah, just do it. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. You'll save a lot on a lot of stuff. I got to go there. Now you got me all antsy and wondering if the the freaking ice cream man is on 50% off because I want it. All right. Um, what am I drinking? Well, like I told Dap last week, um, this has become the go-to wine. La Bardada. I am drinking Tinta de Toro. It's delicious. And it is 15% alcohol by volume, which means, depending on how much I have, I either get more or less intelligent as the episode goes on. There's a tipping point. I will get more intelligent with the first glass and a half. By the time I'm down the bottom of the second glass, I'm less intelligent. But you know what? It's all fun because this is delicious and I love it. You you need to send me a photo of the... um of the label, so Here, I can black and gold. Yeah, that's not that's that's not <laughs> that's not, that's not, not doing me any good there, ma. Go ahead. Yeah, who, and and <laughs> wait, who, it, who's the vineyard? Uh Picard. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's Jorge Ordonez selections. You go to Jorge Ordonez selections dot com. There you go. And it's dry farmed. I don't know what that means, but it's dry farmed. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Tinto. Big doings. Tinto. Tinta de toro. Tinta de toro. Nice. Andale. Yep. I like it. It's all that matters. Respect. And it's not expensive. It's like sixteen bucks a bottle. Oh, that's a le- that's a legitimate price, though. Well, it's got like a ninety-one on that goofy uh, mm-hmm. hit the so thing with the hammer oh, list. Yes, you love, yes. The, you were very proud of that the last time. Yes, yeah, I'm proud of a lot of things. Proud of the amount of comics I read this week. I loved them all. Oh, Lord, I did. You loved them all. What a what a great week for you, <laughs> Jason. What are you <laughs> What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a. Let's see. Let me take it. Let me look here because my 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 holder has a measurement on it. I have. I bet. Twenty two ounces of water ready to pound. Wow. Hmm. Well, you know, I just got back from vacation. True. So, got yeah. you know, 
I need to drink more kind water. Kind of detox. I did an detox. experiment where I was like, fuck this coffee. Man, I don't drink enough water. I'm not going to drink coffee anymore. I'm going to drink tea. And I drank tea for about a week, and I'm like, eh, tea's not doing it. So I, I, I got to go back to the coffee. And um, I don't know. I don't think I need coffee. I think it's just a habit. I think if I really pushed and went like two, three weeks without having it, I probably wouldn't drink it. I mean, that's entirely possible. I don't love it. I just I just need it to wake up in the morning. But I don't mm-hmm. love I'm like, mm, this coffee tastes delicious. Like, whoever said that? It, t- it tastes like the oh, shit I that's in the... Oh, I think coffee's delicious. Uh, I think it... I'll, I'll, even really good coffee tastes like the shit, like poured water in an ashtray. And, and you filter huh. it. It's, I just don't like the taste of it. But I like what it does to me. Like, I should just take a caffeine pill. See, that's how I always felt about beer. I, even when I was a drinker of beer, I thought it didn't really taste good, but... Oh, yeah. Vinny's like, how could you drink that IPA stuff? I said, because they're delicious. He's like, nah, man. Tastes like death. I'm like, okay. You just keep that. He knows what's up. He nah. knows what's up. Mm-mm. Vinny Beats is, is wise beyond his years. <laughs> Dapadoodle, what are you drinking? Um, absolutely, hands down, one of my favorite whiskeys. Um, I, don't, I, I don't drink it often because I like... I mean, it's not like it's super expensive, but um, it's one of those. It just hits me just right. There's some some whiskeys just they're all over the place, but this is Michter's US One Small Batch Unblended American Whiskey, forty one point seven alcohol by volume, eighty three point four proof, and um, it's. It's smooth. It's just makes me feel good. I'm not worried about a headache. I'm not worried about any going down too sharp. It's just for me. It's it's like the 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 chef kiss of whiskeys. Nice. I'm glad you're content with that. I am very very content with it tonight. Nice, nice. All right, comic books. Um. I would love, love, love to talk about one thing before we get into the regular stuff because we've been talking about this book since it, the first issue came out and I have to uh, – I'm just going to be blatant and just state it. Kyle Starks is the proud recipient of the 11 o'clock comics Dialogue of the Month Award. <laughs> Kyle yeah. Starks, please come to the stage to accept your award. He's not here. Oh, well, we'll tell you what it is. Um, I'm talking about Where Monsters Lie, number three. Mm-hmm. Written. I figured. Yes, written by Kyle Starks, illustrated by Peter Kowalski, my dude, color art by Vladimir Popov, and, of course, it's published by Dark Horse. Now, um, like Robert Plant said, there are two ways you can go by. Uh, we have a number of ways this episode that will lead us to Enorama. We could either have a Dark Horse-O-Rama. Well, we're going to have a Dark Horse-O-Rama. But we can also have a Peter Kowalski-O-Rama. That's never going to be repeated. True. That's true, because he is a incredibly prolific man of late. Yes, and he's yep. talented AF. So um, there's a lot of stuff going down in old Wilmhurst. This issue, Connor Hayes is actually backing up those big words, right? 
Uh, Carnage, a plenty. I won't go into super, super detail. Um, but uh, we learn Frankie's last name is Frankie Rubberdick. <laughs> and and um, uh, like an ex- a great exploitation movie poster, I will say gasp at the perils of poor Richard. See our pretty Pearl get polished. Pack Rat gets deconned. I'm very proud of these. Ah. Uh, Zell shoots a cop in the face point blank. Fuckmaster makes like Lionel in Dead Alive. Any of you seen Dead Alive? A.K.A. Brain Dead? I think so. There's a scene that should have been subtitled Fun with Lawnmowers. And that's mm. what happens in this issue. Um, mm-hmm. St. Julian gets um, sliced. And if all of that weren't enough, Baphomet. That's crazy. But there is a passage of dialogue that literally made me laugh out loud. I don't usually laugh out loud when I'm reading comics, but <laughs> this shows Kyle Stark's um, ability with the with the the verbiage. Um, it's also our album art or our, our spotlight image for this episode. I love this so much. There's two cops. Um, shit's hitting the fan in Wilmhurst. And one cop just says, I just got stabbed by some sort of doll, bro. And the other cop says, until he kicked it into the air, I thought it was a crazy little kid. I was like, did that dude just kick a baby into the air? <laughs> I love his face. Mm. Yeah. He, he's, so, he's so deadpan. Did that dude just yeah. kick a baby into the That is absolute perfection. It ain't going to get any better than that this month. Cal Starks, if you're not available to pick up your award in person, we will mail it to you. Nice. But, yeah, I just want everybody to remember that our cast is comprised largely of slashers. Mm-hmm. So any death, however strongly implied, is probably not permanent, right? As as the, the movie says, sometimes they come back. Am I right? So uh, we have seen our cast, from from what we've seen in these panels, our cast has been whittled down greatly by this issue there's only one more issue left so so i'm guessing that a lot of these aren't gonna stick a lot of these deaths aren't gonna stick and maybe something will happen at the end maybe it won't but the joy of this book is it hit the ground running starks did not belabor the point we didn't get an issue of you know a, a backstory on fuckmaster or a backstory on richard like if this was an ongoing series, I could see that happening. Like, here's Zell's issue. Or here's Puzzle Man's issue. Like, here are 24 issues, and then we'll get to the, the end of Wilmhurst. But this is only four issues. And it's like the freaking Indy 500. It's bang, breakneck pace. Am I right? It's, it's inc- Definitely, man. Yeah. They, 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 gets, they gets to fucking, as they say. I am not that base, so I wouldn't say that. But Oh, yeah, okay. I'm not, Never. but is there, okay. there's just killings aplenty in this book. And some of them, uh, the forces of light, and some of them, a lot of them, the forces of darkness. And it's just inventive as hell. I think it's, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to remember this miniseries come award season. 
I'm not saying it's going to win. It's not even mid-year yet. But I'm just saying that this is a contender based on the quality we've received in the first three issues. So There you go. Yes. Where I, I always want to call it um, Where Monsters Dwell. Because, yes. Because, you know, old, you. old habits are hard to break. But um, it's, it's not called that. It is called it is Where Monsters Lie, which is down the street and to the left to Where Monsters Dwell. Um, it's published by Dark Horse. Go get it all. It should you still be able to pick up all three issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a fun series for sure. Are there people singing upstairs? You have people. There singing are in your people home? singing. They, they're all number one. They're all insane. To a <laughs> to a member, they're all insane. They are singing. They're they watching Mass Singer or something. Oh, they don't watch that crap. No. Thank you. No. So tell me, Jason, what about some of these comics that you've done read? Well, I read that one. I know you did. Thanks for talking about it. Tonight. Well, I, I got to talk about this right off the bat because I, I read Grendel Omnibus Volume 2 from Abu. And? I mean, well, I mean, well, first of all, remind me, because we talked about this, but I couldn't remember uh, who is your favorite Grendel? <laughs> uh, it's not the same as Vince's, right? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Uh, no, mine, my my favorite is 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 Hunter. Yeah, Hunter okay. Rose is my favorite, uh, probably followed by Epi and then Prime. Okay, and then uh, Christine was yours, Vince, or no? What? No, no, Epi is <laughs> my favorite. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Because I was going to say, like, I. I mean, it was uh, glad I read it for sure, but I didn't care about Chris, Christine Spar nearly as much as I cared about the OG of Hunter. I, right. I like. I, I just it. It was. It was definitely. You know. I, and I. I've got volumes three and four sitting right here. I'm going to continue. I got the momentum to keep it going. Um, but yeah. So I. Um, you know the the most interesting thing about the second volume and for those that don't know the second volume is for the most part um focused on christine spar who is the um well i guess what she would be the the great sort of the grand the granddaughter i mean the, like the i mean i guess by like granddaughter like yes, once not from, by, like by blood, adoption yes, like by adoption yes, yeah right. not by blood um and, and that's her claim to fame she if you if you read the og stuff or you remember our conversation about the first volume the last the first volume ends with the, the thing that, that Wagner did, which was which which was her narrating a book she wrote about Hunter. And uh, it, and then we we meet her as an adult and she's quite successful and has been become famous for the book she wrote about her, you know, about him and, and her mom. And and uh, we, we see her mom as, as, a, as an older woman and she's all sorts of fucked up. I mean, that that things didn't go off for her. No. Um yeah, I mean, like, she gets, I mean, God, she, first of all, she was super twisted, and then she's in a mental hospital, and then her, and then her, and then her doctor, like, basically, like, you know, pedos her, yep. and then, and then convinces her that they should get married, and then he basically violently rapes her, like, for, for some unknown amount of time before, you know, I, I mean, the whole thing is, like, very, very dark. It's super dark. Like, it's there was a whimsical fantasy element to the original stuff. I mean, it was certainly, obviously, there was 
I mean, it was it was based on criminals and, and there was murder and, and violence, but, but it was, there was like a fantastical element to it, but this was like, man, this was like deep psychological trauma at the start. And then, you know, for a lot of the, the, the book, I thought, um, with, with Christine, like it was, I thought totally it was, it, it was, it was a little all over the place for me. Um, like just because I didn't quite ever understand like why she was particularly capable of doing the things she was doing. Right. Like, like they sent, they did such a good job of establishing how Hunter was this preternaturally brilliant person, almost with like the taskmaster skill of being able to do almost anything to perfection physically or mentally that he wanted to do. And then obviously, you know, his arch nemesis is, is in fact a supernatural creature. So it would make sense that he would have, extra ability but as far as we know like christine's just a she's just a a a woman and she's not even that young at at this point i mean she's got to be what in her late 30s based on the her her career and how old her kid is right like it's she's certainly not not a particularly young woman either um you know in terms of like hero parlance um but the thing that really i i wanted to to talk to you about because i i'm sure you've mentioned over the years but i didn't remember because i didn't have a frame of reference is the pander brothers art yep the pander brothers drew the vast majority of this volume because they drew the vast majority of the christine spar stuff and i mean i can't say like i disliked it i mean it was certainly you know but it's very distinctive um and and i was trying to think how to describe it to people who aren't familiar with it but everything's elongated the, the characters are 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 stretched you know it's almost like i felt like i was kind of like looking at like the mask you know like the gym like it, this, everybody was kind of stretched out and cartoony almost like jokery and um you know at times it didn't bother me but there were definitely times where i was like man this is really affected like the, like the, this is a like the characters look really affected and uh, and i i certainly enjoy different types of 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 art i mean you know some of my favorite storytellers don't like draw on model so that's it's it's not necessarily that like i have a problem with it per se but but i i don't i didn't come away like ravenous to see more of the pander brothers career you know it wasn't and and it was such a big part of this book it was much less artistic uh dispersion in the second volume versus the first volume which had tons and tons of of different artists contributing so uh what i mean did you what what are your thoughts what are either your thoughts on the pander brothers i don't remember if you like them or don't like them or or whatever have you uh at the start because they, they they are quite different than matt wagner's look yeah uh it it's it took me when I was younger, yes, I was just I wanted more Wagner, and and you'll see as you continue to read that every arc, every every Grendel iteration is going to be drawn by a different artist, right? Uh, so yeah, the first twelve issues of the Grendel Kamiko series, the Pander Brothers, the next three um, are uh, Bernie Moreau. So I mean, it's it's each one kind of has a different tone. I think the whole thing with Christine and her son and it's Jiro and how, how, how violent and raw the story was. I don't necessarily know if the painter brothers were right fit for that story. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's just, the style didn't feel like it fit the tone, right? Like the, the, I mean, you get this super freaky, violent villain, which I dug. I mean, I, you know, a, a Kabuki vampire. That's cool. Like I'm, I'm down for that for sure. 
uh, and like you said, like her kid gets, you know, her kid gets Which murdered. I mean, and yeah. gets God. I mean, Wagner definitely goes places with this, but uh, yeah. But I, I didn't. And, and the Moreau stuff was interesting because Moreau, I think, colored uh, other parts of Grendel, right? But then yeah. drew those three issues, and um, you know, and that was a super trippy psychedelic kind of a vibe in terms of those three issues. Um, so yeah, like I, I, like I said, I think, I think I really loved the first volume. Um, and, and it kind of fit more with like what I think of when I think of Grendel for some reason, I, I, I don't, maybe because it was the first 12 issues of the Kamiko run. I, I always feel like Christine Spar is a lot of people's favorite Grendel. Yeah. And I'm surprised by that because I, having now read her Hunter and then, uh, the, I, I, I'm blanking on the. The, the, her lover who then, you know, becomes Grendel Brian, after. Brian Lee Sung. Yeah, Brian Lee Sung. Um, you know, she she's probably the one I found least interesting, like, of the three so far. Uh, and I obviously I haven't gotten to the Epi stuff, which which I'm, I'm glad to hear that Epi... You, Epi you is all, great. Epi yeah, is because uh, I haven't gotten to Epi yet, so... Um, See, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess, and, and I know we haven't heard from Vince yet, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's possible that Christine resonates with so many because if if they never read the Hunter Rose stuff from Kamiko Primer and they, ne- they may not have necessarily cared for the Art Deco style with the text pieces in the back mm-hmm. of Mage, this was the first full-blown color comic with this character. And if they got it on the ground floor with the first issue, then that's just like, you know, who's your first? That's... That's kind of where it makes sense, yeah. Where it is, so it's it's um, it. I what 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 I what I really what the whole I, there are a lot of reasons why I, I I appreciate and I enjoy Grendel, but the 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 connected the, the connection between each arc between each character, yeah yeah. Obviously, I mean Christine Spar doesn't necessarily. It's not like you know she and Hunter Rose ever cross paths, but yes, Hunter's adopted daughter. Had a rape baby, who's Christine Spar, and that's the connection to Hunter. And then, of course, Brian's connection is his relationship with with Christine. And yeah. and it, it's I just I I love the idea of of the curse and and how it's not necessarily passed down. It's not really a legacy character, but it is. It's it's there's there's something wrong if you it, basically if you're if if you're if you're a Grendel. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, it's no, I, go ahead. it's kind of ironic and funny in, in a sardonic way that you think the Hunter Rose stuff or you see the Hunter Rose stuff as the template for Grendel. When if it wasn't for the Batman Grendel or Grendel Batman stuff, the Hunter Rose would be a blip. Well, not 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 just that crossover, but the anthology, the black, white, and red, red, white, and black. Oh, well, yeah, that but that came also, later. but that came way, way. Yeah, yeah, later. way well, later. See, this is this is a function again, though, of of, of, of the how omnibus it presented to because, me because yeah, yeah. you got all the Hunter produced, Rose stuff in, in yeah. the first volume. I was and it, so so you're getting you're getting it based on characters. The the, the from the second volume on, it'll be published published in chronological order but yeah they, they they just gave you all of hunter at first and you got everything there and that was that was from like the the 80s to 20 2008 yeah. or something like that yeah so, i remember I guys at the sh- though that i mean we know that wagner has a heavy hand if not complete control in 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 the reproduction of this stuff so the fact that he chose 
to present it this way for what was, I believe these were the 40th anniversary editions, um, you know, is, is, is telling, right? Like that's, yeah. that is like, I, I, I find it fascinating what you're saying, Vince. And, and again, it comes down to with these, how you consume something, because I'm to conclude that Wagner want, wanted us. To, I mean, obviously if you're making volumes one through four, and you want me to read volume one first, and that was all the Hunter Rose stuff. So I guess he's decided uh, in retrospect, as he built the archival map that he thought we should all get fully exposed to Hunter first. Right. So like, I get, he, he must have a design on that. And, and you're right. Like my interpretation, since I didn't read it in the way it came out originally, I'm like, Oh, Hunter's the, that's the, the, that's the OG, the prototype, like all that comes from everything that follows is, is from that. And and, it does. Yeah. And, but even if like Daps is saying, he's not really a legacy character. Like I through two volumes, I was going to say, I view it as a legacy character. I feel like, you know, there's been, I've seen three Grendels, and it's been a direct lineage of. No, it, it definitely is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a legacy character, but by Dap, I know what Dap means. It's not like Wally West, right? Yeah, it's not, not. It's not like Impulse. It's not like or, that. Or, yeah, right. Exactly. But yeah. Um, I remember when the Christine Spar, the Kamiko Grendel, uh, came out. Uh, there was banter at the shop, and you know, the people who had experience with the character were like, "Yeah, it's really, it's, it's. I don't know. It's not Hunter Rose." And there were guys like, "Who the hell is Hunter Rose?" Huh. So they didn't even know, and then yeah, there had there was like what a ten year span where you didn't get Hunter Rose stories mm-hmm. Be- because mm-hmm. the Kamiko run ran for what forty some issues, Dap? Uh, they're sixty. Sixty. Well, there you wow. go. So it went for five years, and then you then mm-hmm. I mean, and on top of that, you had Grendel Tales, which more often than not was not Hunter Rose related. It was no, it was really. all over the map. So and and Wagner didn't even write all of those stories. Right, right. But w- he gave, Wagner he, writes the main Grendel series, but but the Grendel Tale stuff he hands off to other creators. But he still had yeah. big time approval. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, if they had Hunter Rose, you know, well, whatever. I won't go down that road. But I'm just saying, if there was something in it that he didn't approve of, he would never have greenlit it. But anyway, no. Uh, these are Dark Horse editions, I assume, Jason. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, Wow. Yeah, they're the they're they're the the original version of them were in those as Dark Horse was wont to do the smaller size. I have the they've you know the for the they've re, they're reprinting them now in a a full comic size form. Nice, nice. Which I think is a better. I've I've always liked that. You know, it's easier to read. So so uh, with these with these old old ass eyes that need bifocals. So yeah, no, I'm I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm fan of it because I think the, the I'm looking yeah the, the so the I've read Volume One Hunter Rose and Volume Two The Legacy. They were originally released in omnibus form in August 12, 2012 and December 2012, so so literally a decade ago. Um, but I'm getting them like, you know, I, I, I got them last, like those two I got last year. So they, they're obviously, they, these are re-releases of, of, of collected editions, you know. So I think the best is yet to come. Yeah. Well, volume oh, three, like I said, I have three and four. I think there's only four, right? There's only four on. There's the only four of the main Grendel, and I think there's two or three. Of the, the yeah, I don't think they've. I don't think they've solicited the Grendel Tales. No, not in the yet. new format. Yeah. Yeah, because I have three and four. I have the other two Omnibus sitting right here. So, so Orion's Reign and Prime. So, uh, yeah, and I think Orion's Reign is uh, Incubation Years, God and Devil, and Devil's Reign, and then yeah. 
Prime is War Child, Devil Quest, and Past Prime. So nice. that's you. You do were right, Vince. It, it is the, the main series was forty issues. Um, that was through Kamiko, and then when after Kamiko folded, obviously Matt had them had them reprinted at Dark Horse, but instead of it being like one through forty, they were solicited as. Um, limited series for each arc so you you had oh, one nice. you had a 12 issue miniseries from dark horse with the christine stuff three issues of the brian lee sung and then so, so every every arc was its own miniseries published from dark horse and then but it's from dark horse where we finally got uh war child and and the version of prime so Man. um yeah it's there's getting back to the hunter volume all of that also takes place like in those couple of years in the eighties. And, yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, the readers would get confused if, you know, if you start with the text piece at the beginning or, or the Kamiko primer stuff, if that's in the omnibus and then you get, um, cause of the archives and, and then you go to the first issue of the Kamiko run and then however many years, and, and then you'd basically be ending the fourth volume with the rest of the Hunter Rose stuff that came years later so it i mean it'd make a nice bookend it's like hey you started with hunter but 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 you're also now hey all these stories because you're going f- so far into the future as you keep reading jason that to go back to the 80s might might seem jarring but i mean you know they we're comic book readers and and yeah. we're used to flashbacks and jumping around but i, well, I kind of the second volume like, also I, has the um i know there there's a i guess it's two issues it was written by da- diana schutz uh those are by Tim, that, Tim Sale, the Devil Child, which is all about Stacy Plumbo, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was kind of that. That's kind of the bridge between. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Hunter Rose stuff to, to Christine yeah. Sparks. So, I mean, it, it's it's, and I don't know if I think I don't know if there's back matter, but I I, I believe um, Diana either offered or, or suggested that that story be written, and either Matt didn't want to write that particular story. Or, um, or since she came up with the idea, he let his sister-in-law write it. But it's, um, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is, it's, it that that that's one story that I read once, and and really that that's the that's all I needed. It it that those two. Issues, it's like I fuck, said, it's yeah, sad. I mean, it's it's yeah. really sad. Yeah, especially when after you read the when you see her from the backups in, in mage. And she's just, you know, she's all young and innocent and looks up to Hunter and, you know, she's just happy with her life. And now this, and it's just like, and obviously when Hunter dies and she finds out everything that, you know, he was about that, that, that of course is going to send your world yeah. into a tailspin. But yeah, she, she kind of had really no, and her best friend was a goddamn detective wolf. So, I mean, she really had no chance. It, it was, she just, it, she was destined to 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 kind of follow that path, unfortunately. But no, I am I am so glad that um, that you're still reading it and and, and digging it. Yeah, I would say the only thing I mean, not that this this isn't a critic. I mean, I discussed it with the first volume, so I'm just repeating myself. But I guess I'm I was just so uneducated on the fact of how little of Grendel Wagner drew. I just I I don't know why. Uh-huh. I guess I just always assumed that he was writer artist. You know, like like seminal writer artist. So I just assumed that. I knew he didn't draw eyes, but I just I figured a big chunk of it he drew, but he really he really didn't. I mean, he, he, he yeah. I mean, I, I like I guess it's fair to say he drew much less of it than other people did. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. There's a two issue Harvey Kurtzman pastiche coming up that's great that that uh, uh, Wagner drew. 
It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah, and it's it it also it it plays into the 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 one of the, the characters, the detective from the uh, the Christine Spar stuff. And what was great about those two issues also was that he flipped it, and the backups in those two issues were basically the the return of Kevin Matchstick. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That other guy. That other guy. Yeah, that other Dap, Dap, King Dap. All right. Nice, nice. Uh, We have a ginormous, um, pun intended, Dark Horse Orama. But the reason why I say ginormous is because I believe this book was originally solicited as the ginormous Kokju. Oh, was it? I think so. But okay. it's, it was published as the giant Coke Jew, number one. Now, this isn't going to take long, but we got to cover this book because it's awesome. And it's very disturbing. <laughs> Two of the things that I love. Um, yeah. uh, written by uh, Jerry, is it Duggan or Dugan? Yeah, Duggan. Mm-hmm. Jerry Duggan. Art by Scott Koblish. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Color by Hi-Fi. Published by Image. Uh, the Kokju is a is a giant kaiju that emerges from the sea and <laughs> starts to rain shit on humanity. Literally, literally shits on humanity. There's stuff in his shit that 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 starts attacking, devouring uh, humans. He not only rains shit down on humanity. He um, well, th- there's one great page where it says. Like humanity's fucked or something, and the Kokju, giant monster, has relations with a building, and he has a giant barbed penis. Um, the whole thing, there's not a whole lot of heavy lifting here. The whole, no, no. the whole thing is is that the the Kokju is a walking metaphor for climate change, right? The, um, and there's literally a scientist in this book. His name's Frank Gray. That warned the military, warned the higher-ups that this thing exists, it's real, it's going to come and bite us on the ass. Nobody believed him. He was ridiculed, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's it, again, it's just a, a, a gigantic metaphor for climate change written by the, you know, the, the, it's in the able hands of Jerry Duggan. But the art is crazy. The art's crazy good. With a, a book like this, you would expect, all right, giant monster. Lots of double page spreads, lots of them. Um, some explicit, like there, there's. I think the the barbed penis was a little bit more explicit than we than we really needed, but it's there if you want to see it. It's in the book. Um, the one thing I don't get, Jason, maybe you could shed some light on it, is why does Coke Jew have chunks taken out of himself? Like there's part of his tail that looks like it's been bitten or missing there's part of it you could see bone through his his skin it's like something has feasted on him or tried to anyway because it's still alive he's not a hundred percent like there's parts of him missing yeah i mean i certainly saw that too but i don't i don't have any any indication as to why i just kind of chalked it up to that it's an ancient creature and it's it's had a chair of battles right it's okay scarred but yeah, yeah but you're right i mean it you actually see bones, so it's more than just like scars. It's it's been it's, through the ringer. Yeah, it's here. It's relieved itself. It's horny, and now now humanity's in trouble. But it's a very cool book. I don't know how the the giant mech 
Anders the picture or, or you know, uh, that is coming. But it, they tip their hat because he's on the front of the first issue, which I thought they should have waited to put the giant mech on the front. But whatever. Um, the giant Coke Jew, number one, Duggan, Koblish, Hi-Fi, Image. It's a fun book. And I think it's only three issues. So uh, if you're looking for some carnage, big, big bada-boom action, get this. Giant, giant cool. Yeah, it was. Um, so this was another uh, web comic turned print. It was uh, uh, Duggan was putting it out on his Substack during mm. the pandemic. I did not um, know that. Yeah, just purely for uh, for for fun. He just he wanted to do something ridiculously silly and escapist during all the craziness, and it led to what is now this three issue series. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's done. Like I don't think there's more to come after the three. That it is, yeah. And his shit is like lime, fluorescent <laughs> green. <laughs> oh, God, people slipping in it, eating away at their skin. <laughs> I want to know what, what I want to know if 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 his shit does that to the world. What does his load do? I don't know, but I wonder if we're gonna find out. <laughs> I'm maybe. It's probably yeah. like in in freaking um, uh, Cloverfield. Where the parasites were, were fallen from the beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some kind of load monsters. Giant, giant yeah. penis. Uh, Dap, what you got? Uh, oh, man. Um, did uh, Was Dave able to get you the second issue of The Ambassadors yet? Yes, I read it. You did read it? I did read it. Okay. Then I guess, and and Jason read it as well. Um, I I I like the second issue. I didn't I didn't really know if we were going to kind of get if we were going to get a continuation of the main story, or or if uh, we were kind of just going to um, find another person, or or, or kind of be introduced to another person and, and focus on that. It was kind of both, it, it, which, which was fine. Still written by Mark Miller. This issue is illustrated uh, by Carl Kershaw with uh, Michelle Aceron Sikorn on your colors and Clem yeah. on letters. I read that name, Aceron uh. and, and it sounds like, like Muttley's pissed off. <laughs> Doesn't it? I love it. Yes, it does. That's fantastic. Um, so we're introduced to a, a another ambassador. This gentleman uh, is from India, uh, Delhi to be precise, and extremely selfless and um, has a crush on a young woman. Uh, he works at the mall, works at the phone store, and uh, and and the woman that uh, the the girl that he's keen on also works at the mall and. Um, they the mall is under attack uh by um armed terrorists going crazy um they are holding um they as 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 they're running through um shooting everybody they grab uh gita who's of course the 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 young woman that um that uh binu is is attracted to uh Bindu's best friend is uh is jay and um so the terrorist grab gita and Binu is like we'll swap places let her live take me i'll be your prisoner uh dude's like okay yeah sure 
shoots Binu and still um, uh, before the terrorists can get away, um, the good guys show up and um, and take care of business and and, and save the day. Um, Binu wakes up on the island and um, having passed more or less the test to become an ambassador. Um, and he kind of feels like it's a week later, but not really. And it's just, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Um, our, our, our doctor who of course is, is, is granting the powers. Um, a little bit more. I, 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 I kind of digging her a little bit more this issue, uh, compared to the first, um, the ambassadors, the, the their, their uniforms, their costumes, their outfits are uh, are basically a representation of their country's flags. And and what's great is I I, I appreciate Miller's using um, Binu first because as a young inquisitive kid, he's asking a whole bunch of questions. Well, why 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 not make the costumes you know like out of animals and and you know and 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 she's got an answer for it. And apparently you know. The, the designers, the the think tanks, they 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 thought everything through, and and they just decided that you know, the flag is really the best way to do it. It it's it's just it's got that look. It's lets you everybody know where you're from, uh, providing you know that country's flag. And I I really appreciate the second issue because the idea, the concept seems to have been really fleshed out a little bit more in this issue because any questions you may have had two weeks ago after reading the first issue, um, you'll, you'll definitely get some answers here as far as, you know, how are the powers designed and or decided on? And it's all, I'm not going to go page by page or explain everything, but I just, I, I really thought it, it, it's also a little bit, this issue seems to be a little wordier than the previous one. Um, but I just the the it's not so it 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 really the way it was presented to me the way I imagined it when 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 we read the first issue and it was and 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 looking deeper into the series um, I thought it was kind of just going to maybe be straightforward and and here's after the first issue we'd get the gang and they're going to go and and solve crimes and save the world's problems but. Uh, it's this second issue kind of just tilted me a little bit only because I, it, it wouldn't, it, it kind of went in a direction I, I really wasn't expecting. I, I, Carl's art is great, but the, uh, the way things play out with the character, with, with, with Binu especially, but, um, no, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm sticking with it. I, 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 the third issue looks based on the cover. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but uh, yeah, I, I thought the second issue was solid. I, 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 like I said, I didn't know where we were going, but uh, and if you guys said what this was six issues, six seven issues, six issues, yeah, six. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I mean, so so we're we're I got a third of the way into it, and and it's um we're uh, we're not. 
we we don't have like you know the entire team yet and 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 we don't know what kind of big bad they might be facing but uh it's it it, it feels a little weird that it, it kind of feels like it's going slow when we only have like four issues left um but still i i thought this was this was a great issue I love Carl Kershaw's artwork. I right? love it so much. I mean, I just love it. And and I mean, he fucking gave me a, a full page spread of, of fucking whales in this book. So he I, did. I mean, I uh, I'm he here. Did. For wait, 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 back. He did not give you a, a splash page of whales. He gave the readers of which you happened to be one. No, 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 no. He he consulted. He said, "Would oh, okay." Uh, you know, I'm thinking about drawing some whales in this book. If you'd want to cop that LA and put dibs on it, I'm like, "Yeah, bet. Let's do it." So, I, I yeah. think it the way Miller keeps dropping some science is. Uh, I mean, yes, it's a superhero story, but um, the, the there's one page, and I was like, last one we had the the military industrial complex guy being aghast that she's just giving the power away. Uh, but in this one, Chun He says, um, the world might be excited about uh, my big competition, but the last thing our superiors want is ordinary people having power. Like, that's that's truth. That's yeah. the truth right there. You know? Um, and I think, did I like this issue? Yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Very much different in tone than the first issue. Sure. Right. Um, I think this Binu kid is... Uh, admirable. Um, he's easy to like, but don't kid yourself. If the the Gita wasn't the hostage, if it was an old woman or a fat pudgy man, I sure. don't think he would have done the same thing. Maybe for his best friend, but yes, yeah. yes, you, yeah. You you just got to the thing I think that is most interesting to me about this issue, and as it unfolds, is that uh, understandably we we know that that she's created this ability to give six people powers. And, and so, and then we find out in this issue, of course, that you've got hundreds of millions of people applying and that would make sense. Um, but what does baffle me is that she chooses Binu and, and, and they even address it in a way like they're like, well, you know, basically, I mean, she implies it like because of his actions, meaning he was selfless, yeah. but like, I struggle with that because I think they say there are 200 million people that have applied there. I'm sure were plenty of people in that application pool that were not only selfless, but more selfless than he truly was, right? Like he was selfless because he was trying to save someone he loved. And I think quite a few people that would be applying for this would be in that same position. I mean, I think, I think all of many of the people listening to this podcast and the three of us included would, would absolutely without hesitation, take our, you know, give up our own lives to save the ones we love. Like it wouldn't, like, I don't even think that's a particularly noble noble trait right so i or, or distinctive trait i should say if you're a parent or, or have a, you know someone that you love so i so i i felt like and 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 i trust that miller we're, we're only two issues into six so, but but i feel as though we haven't he's gonna have to come back around on me and show that the reason she's choosing who she's choosing whether there, maybe there's a more sinister part to it, maybe she's she's opting to choose people that aren't you know particularly um you know um you know I, like 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 I I want there to be a reason why she's picking Jabrones. Well, I, I, I think they... I don't believe that these are. I don't believe that I don't believe that he would be one of the six most noble and morally deserving people in the pool. I think there's got to be another reason she's choosing him. Well, I think her choice of, of Binu has been validated already. 
because um, in, initially, uh, the opening scene of the issue was like, he's talking to Jay and he's like, yeah, uh, here's what I want to do with Gita. I want to get married and live here and have this um, amount of kids or whatever. And, and everything that he wanted to do yeah. with Gita, Jay does at the end of the issue because of the time span that's been that's been uh that has elapsed and to ben's credit he doesn't like man fuck you took my woman he's like dude you're my best friend i love you i'm glad that you you guys found each other this like that's vindication to me that the kid could have easily now that he even has power he could have just been like he could have tore the place up you know, but he didn't. He's well, just like, there's, right. And, and I, yeah, I don't know if I'm explain. I don't think that Bindu isn't legitimately a good person, and and the moments that you're referring to are evidence of that. But even that, I don't think that is some, like like we're led to believe that she is got this grand plan, right? Like she's basically so smart that she not only figured out how to give herself superpowers, but she created a new body for herself off to the one that was in prison and then created this super science center <laughs> to to find the six perfect people to be her her world saviors and protectors. Yeah. Again, I don't think a dude pulling a Steve Rogers and be like, no, nah, it's cool. Like, you're my boy. Like, you moved on. Like, I'm glad you're happy. I think that's definitely evidence that Bindu is a legitimately noble person. But I don't think that that's evidence that he's one of the six most deserving people on the planet for these powers. So, again, like, I think that it feels to me like her reasons for picking them are there's a more insidious thing going on here than that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and not, he, he doesn't, I don't think Binu's there's nothing insidious going on with Binu. I think her, the reason she's choosing them is insidious. And I, 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 maybe I could be totally wrong. I mean, we'll find out, but, but um, I have to say I was intrigued by the idea that uh, it's almost like, it's not even like these people are particularly special physically. Like they, she puts them through this process and then they can, they can choose powers and then it's alluded that they can even swap out powers, which is pretty interesting. Well, I mean, that, so they can. The, that, yeah. That, but I mean, that's pretty neat. Like that's, that's not something you see all the time. Right. I, I mean, think that's good, but you know, what's going to happen. The, the whole uh, caveat with the powers is the ambassadors for the listeners. Um, the ambassadors can access a power bank. A, 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 an array of different powers and you could pick three at a time but if another ambassador is using a power that you want to access you can't access it that's right. pretty that's pretty awesome it's like the legion flight room mm-hmm. i mean just because or like i'm sorry ultra boy like you can only just use one power at a time right, but right right yeah, right it, it is um uh i was also thinking about the the last page like i'm sure she has to know Old Doc has to know that the ambassadors are going to be approached by uh, the competition, in this case, her, her ex-husband. This, that, that, that last page made me think of Willy Wonka. Ah, right? Like, they're all going to be they're all going to be tempted with, yeah, and right and, and and we'll see we'll see who who does who's really noble who really makes the right choice right Willy Wonka I love it that's that's the tip they know what that made me laugh though the the Godstopper God co- codename Mexico Chico Blanco he's a, he's a pothead like what <laughs> that's a little coming a little too hot with 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 good old Chico no I thought this issue was fun I I yeah. I, I'm I'm glad I'm reading this. I'm glad I took yes, a chance yeah. on it. There's depth to this thing. 
There, there's depth, which is good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and what's cool is we'll see. I mean, we'll see if this ends up being a thing where it's real jaded at the end. Because, you know, Miller certainly has played that card plenty of times in his stories where the, oh, yeah. the, 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 uh, you know, the ne'er do well superheroes or, or power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Like that's a very constant drumbeat in his, in his superhero tales. So, so it'd be neat if he's going in a different direction this time. Right. And I wonder if also if um, and I I, I read nothing looked up didn't didn't do any research on the on on the book, but I I could also see this being like like Magic Order. It's up to like what the fourth volume. I could see him coming back with sequels to this. If well, this depending is depending on how the rest of the series goes. But yeah, it's owned by Netflix. This is a Netflix. Well, yeah, book. Uh, yeah. Um, all of his stuff is basically yeah. These days. So there you go. I mean. We're probably going to see this at some time. On I mean, the, we on have Netflix. Have, yeah, I, we've only seen what Jupiter's Legacy uh, on Netflix. Yeah, not that that was anything to brag about, but that was a, hey, that yeah. was colossal flame. But that was also before I think. But but he that was written and drawn before mm. he made his deal with Netflix, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 So well, the first, yeah, the well, yeah, the first, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I have yeah. something. I have something. Um, this is uh, my challenge, and. Um, uh, it's my challenge to Jason. <laughs> mm. um, I have a book here that I'm enjoying very much that I know Jason doesn't read. Um, and, well, look and, at your list, and there's only one book on your list that I haven't read. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, This is an anthology from Dark Horse called Masters of the Universe, Masterverse, of which uh-huh. this is the third issue. Written by the master's maestro, Tim uh-huh. Seeley himself. With art by Annie Nunez, uh, Claudia Balboni, Rico Renzi, and somebody else. Don't look it up because I'm saving the identity for the, the watcha at the end. So you don't look it up, Jason. Okay. All right. Uh, the, the artist in question uh, is a one-man band. He handles both arts and letters on the, the I call it the, the main story. Okay, um, it's a bit of a pastiche on Spider-Man's origin story. Um, now, remember, Masterverse plays, uh, it, well, it parlays in alternate reality versions of He-Man. Uh, so the sorceress is trying to convince Zodak of Prince Adam's beneficial effects on the multiverse. So in this alternate reality, Skeletor has the sorceress captive. Okay, and... It, He-Man witnesses it. He's just walking by. He-Man and his buddies, Stratos, Many Faces, and Ram-Man. They're walking by. Blah, 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 blah. And, and Skeletor's abusing the sorceress. And they're all like, hey, He-Man, you know, I think we should do something about this. <laughs> and He-Man's like, no, 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 no. It's her fate. You know, let the gods decide. Let's just go. We march, right? But the boys go back to save the sorceress while He-Man drinks himself silly. Right? And Skeletor kills them all. He man holds Stratos in his arms and he breathes his last, and Stratos becomes He Man's Uncle Ben. Right? Responsibility, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's, it's a fun story. Again, there's not a lot of baggage. You read it, you enjoy it. It is beautifully, beautifully illustrated. Do you know by whom, Jason? Whom, Vince? David Rubin. 
Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. Here we go. David Rubin drawing. Trapjaw? What? Manny Faces? You actually see Manny Faces switch his face in this thing. It is beautiful. The The action's amazing. The color's fantastic. Composition, the flow, it is gorgeous. It is definitely, I got to hand it to David Rubin, it is the best story in the three issues to date. Visually. I mean, natu- naturally, I mean. Yeah, it is wonderful. Well, come on, we have Kelly Jones before, Sergio, like, there's a lot of big heavy hitters on this book. Um, but no, uh, I, I, if, I, I implore you, if you're not going to just read this issue digitally, just to get the, the the David Rubin issue. But if you're a big man, maybe look into the collection when it's offered. Okay. I loved this story. I thought man, the whole the whole issue is very good. There's I think there's a Herculoids pastiche in the the previous story. You know, your mileage may vary. Those who have read this, tell me if I'm nuts. But it seems like the story that preceded the the Rubin story, it's like almost a Herculoids pastiche it's wacky um it focuses on tila and um so how it, happy is Seely that he's getting to do this book huh dude Seely's getting a lot of work i mean he's, he is he's, he's, on, getting, he's, he's on hot street yeah. yeah a lot a lot of work from marvel a lot of work from dark i mean image dark horse like he's doing he's putting in the the, the hours good Seriously. for him good for him all right jason what do you got yes. you you introduced yourself as someone um i did yeah yeah. you did i did well this is a book i i gotta admit i i didn't i don't think i really noticed it in the solicits um like initially i've only been talking about no if you let me finish and then you started talking about it and then you talked about it and then i think newbury said it was like his one of his favorite books of the moment and then like the whole slack's talking about it and i'm like i gotta i I guess i gotta see what's up with this book (laughs) So, um, so <laughs> I really was like, so then I'm like, let me, I, I didn't remember what it was like, the, the, like the premise. I'm like, I look at the premise, I'm like, oh boy, I'm like, I, I'm like a, a haunted, like a haunted amusement park. Like this book's got everybody in a tizzy. Like, really? Like, okay, let me see what's up with this. Um, first of all, it, it, it is a fucking weird book, right? Like it mm-hmm. is, it is, it is definitely weird, but it's like, bent. I think. Yeah, but I think in a good way. Like it, it's it's. I, I think horror is, uh, and you know, I'm, I mean, I know Dap isn't a huge horror guy. Certainly, much less than you or I, Vince. And you know, but but I mean, I love horror. I, I consume tons of horror movies. And you know, it's definitely a, a genre I like a lot. And and I think that that it's it's another. It's it's not dissimilar to what I think of with comedy, which is that comedy is so subjective. You know, I mean, I mean, you could read something. Or, or watch something and think it's absolutely hilarious, like an Adam Sandler movie, and I can think it's just stupid, stupid as shit, right? Like, uh, <laughs> Thank you for adding. That. <laughs> yes, no problem. <laughs> but, but you know, or vice versa, right? Like I could think something's hilarious. Like I, I like I enjoyed Chris Rock's last stand-up. Dad thought it was horrible. So you know, it's just. But I'm saying, like, it's all. It, it, no, I'm saying it's all subjective. Like humor is extremely subjective. Um, so I think it's hard for anything meant to be funny to have mass appeal. Uh, I think the same of horror. I think what people enjoy in horror, it runs the gamut, right? You've got your your campy horror. You've got your just super gory, like torture porn horror. You've got your, you know, you got a, there's a litany of different subgenres, and and I think 
very few horror fans find all of them equally appealing. So I was like, oh, okay, it's a horror book. And that intrigued me because I thought, wait a minute, it's not very often that a horror book like appeals so broadly, you know? Um, and then I'm like, well, wait, maybe I'm wrong there because like, I, I maybe we're just in a pretty housey on time for, for horror books. It seems like, cause all, like all the time and stuff, like we're, there's a lot of horror books that seem to be, you know, at or near the top of people's, um, best of list for the last few years. So maybe we're just in a really halcyon time. But uh but yeah, so I I dove into this thinking like, well this we'll just see what's going on here. And like you said, it is bent. It is bent and it is it is the cut, but it is it is and I could totally see uh someone picking up this and saying, this is stupid. I want out like why look like this is a ridiculous premise for a comic. Um and like I wouldn't be at all surprised if if some people just read this and was like, oh hell no, like what this is corny. But I really enjoyed it. Like, I just thought it was the kind of, you know, I don't like it just is part of the 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 Venn diagram, like for me, of of the kind of horror books like this is like evocative of like Chucky, you know, like it's just um, or even we're, we're, we're what we were just talking about where monsters lie. It's that same kind of thing, you know, violent, dark. This this obviously leans much more into the demonic and the occult. Um, there's definitely the requisite amount of sex appeal in this book, which is always a, a, an ingredient that, that adds to my enjoyment of this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I, I can't say that I think it's like, I mean, we haven't seen how it, how it finishes. I can't say like, it's like, I wouldn't say it's like particularly well-written per se, like in, in terms of like, I don't know if there's any kind of grand, you know, narrative like there is say with like department of truth or 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 nice house on the lake or something like that but but it's it is for some reason the weirdness works for me even though it's absolutely absurd right like like and i and i don't i don't even know how to codify that because like i said i think it's just super subjective and for some it's going to just tickle you right and for others you're just going to be like this is just not my thing and and i don't think anyone's wrong for for whichever side you fall on that but uh but yeah i think this is like it's a great it it starts off with a conceit that is as you've noted is is not in any way original right like deal with the devil like that's right you know that that but where we go from there you know is pretty pretty weird and 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 odd right i mean i mean halloween is a very odd character because Hmm. we're introduced to her as this sexy ingenue this like instagram kim kardashian paris hilton type but we we get these allusions to her being fucked up, right? Like they talk about this last time she came to the park and they're still paying off the settlement for it. And, you know, and it's so it's pretty clear that like she's a homicidal maniac. But in this world, like somehow they're able to keep that enough of a lid on it through payoffs and whatnot. Like so, um, you know, and then you got like your first introduction to Sam Hain, the son and the, the scion of the business is you know, he's a pretty big douchebag to, um, you know, to the, to the kid, to, to the, to the, to the, you know, the kid that, that we're first introduced to. And, and, and like, you know, he's, he's like a total dick bag to him. But then from there, like he turns into a very, almost like the most sympathetic character of the book. Like he's like the reluctant, he just wants to do right by his family, but he's not like particularly maleficent, you know, per se, at least not, or malevolent, but, but, but I guess, but, but it's so it's it's just weird. Like it's it I, I like I said, I don't think there's any like necessarily like really tight rhyme or reason to some of the things we're seeing on the page. But like it's all reasonably fucked up and scary. And I'm like, oh, I'm here yeah. for it. So 
yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I mean, I, and I don't know. Maybe you know. I, I know we've I've read the first five issues. I know six is solicited. Is this an ongoing? I mean, yes, is this, it's an ongoing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think Sam is the least threatening out of all of the Dantes. Right. Yeah, of course. And, but that's yeah. great. Like, he's a dad. He's got a daughter. You know, he, yeah. he may be separated from his wife, but he does he he does dad things. He feels bad when he's pulled from his daughter's bedside, right, to do park things, you know. Um, I don't yeah. think he's reprehensible. I think um, – I, I, well, I don't – I won't spoil the revelation at the end of the uh, first arc, which came to conclusion issue four – yeah. But um, due to the events uh, detailed in the first four issues, the park has become popular and profitable again. Um, there's a dangling pot, plot thread, uh, literally, in, in the Devil's Do-Ride. And um, so it was on the skids. That was the whole uh, premise to the first issue. Like, we have this massive park that that did well, but now, you know, we can't even get people in here. And then the the gears start turning um i think uh the backstory on arthur dante and his second wife rebecca and the birth of the twins was great and i loved that was in black and white that was wonderful i i wanted to know because we saw what happened with the first wife how where did the twins come from now we know right yeah and um Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's not a it's not a normal birth, um, and and I, I think we've only scratched the surface on that. But uh, I like Summer, even though she has a, a silly name, Summer Seasons. Um, so Sam and Summer are hunting for clues, and and like our buddy Tony, Summer has questions. Right? How did you, how the hell did your father raise the capital to build? the devil's do ride and and then the park around it like where were the investors well what happened to his first wife where were the insurance policies were there even insurance policies like what happened to your mother like the, what happened to my brother owen there's so much so many questions and then they they encounter some unexpected nasty shit at the end but um i i i'm not gonna beat around the bush i love this book but it sure. it, yeah, no, it, it mains it mains light mainlines everything that yeah. i i enjoy um but i have to give it up to williamson like i love birthright so this wasn't a surprise that this creative team which was the same creative team my birthright would create a book that i enjoy but he's a smart dude because there's a um there's a youtuber dap that um believes there's something going on with the park right and he'll he'll live stream his youtube videos from the park or he'll do like a special uh breaking news on on the on the park he he became um his notoriety stemmed from the fact that he's on the on the ground you know ground zero in the park and he he says something that makes me believe that uh williamson is a youtube fan because you do not, under any circumstances, use the word suicide on YouTube. If if you're a content creator, oh, it'll be flagged. You won't. You, you can't monetize. You can't monetize it, right? Yeah. It, right. They say unalive. Yep. 
And Theo uses that word in the comic. He says, blah, 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 unalive themselves. Like, that's what a YouTuber would say. That is completely 100% authentic. Like, that's Same the way. TikTok, but yeah, yeah, that's the way it's done. And, I, I mean, it's not a stretch to know that. But it just shows me that uh, Williamson went the distance. And yeah. if, if he didn't know it already, he did to write it like he did his research so i i mean that's just another but there's there was one panel in this book that fucked me up and i don't get scared yeah you mentioned it issue three right yeah i don't get i i know four i think i i oh. don't i don't get scared reading wait okay wait a minute. i thought you said it was issues so i'm trying to figure out what panel I, it's on the it's on the slack um, it, it's oh. when, it's when Summer and, uh, Sam Hain are, are peeking around and stuff and they're talking and, um, Sam Hain's in the foreground and there's this fucked up zombie with his eye hanging out in the background and you don't know whether it's a prop or if it's a real thing coming from the shadows, but it just made me think it, it, it looks a lot like one of the zombies in children shouldn't play with dead things and it just now you know so i have a lot of baggage with that movie it's my favorite movie i I, it was one of those movies that impacted me in the perfect age i lived across the street from a cemetery like all the stars were aligned right Mm -hmm. and this panel just bomb it just made me think of it and we didn't detail the creative team it's written by joshua williamson illustrated by andre bresson with color art by adriano lucas and of course it's published by image and that panel just kicked me in the balls it, it just i was like i don't get goosebumps at, at all when i read horror even junji ito doesn't mm, well i can't say never right rarely but this panel it's not even particularly scary but it just did something to me i thought it was really well done subtle uh creature in the background uh questions i have questions mm-hmm. <laughs> i just you know we we've we've talked a lot over the years about different artists being ideal or suboptimal fits for the source material and and i i do think that Breston's Bresson Bresson, uh his work his his work it, this is a good fit for him you know this kind of this kind of story i think really works well for him so yeah you didn't read birthright did you no i read the first uh oh. i guess the first two trades of it in yeah. a in a hardcover his work and then is, tapped out yeah wait you do you still have that hardcover i assume so unless i gave it away in the care package but. <sighs> i think his work in in uh, birthright's amazing as is mm-hmm. this as is this but this has i mean yeah, yeah birthright was sexy too there's there's a just unabashed sexiness to this book too like especially with halloween that she's just, oh yeah well sure yeah she's dripping with it what do you think the dad looks like? Because they always have him in shadow. They show him. Wait, when? In the whole black and white sequence. That's him. That's Arthur. No, no, that, that's but that's that's beforehand. I'm saying. They, oh, they you mean him, now? Yeah, they show him in shadow now. Uh, I think he's fucked up. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I think the the uh, the the contract he so willingly signed had uh, has depleted him of his attractiveness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think he's fucked up. Dude, the way they the way they off the YouTuber is fucking crazy. Oh, it's nuts! It's not we don't tell them because it's amazing. Uh, it's like Vincent Price in, in it's crazy in, in fucking Madhouse. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, really crazy. <laughs> it's nuts, nuts. But that's yeah. the thing when you mentioned that you know the, this isn't House by the Lake. House by the Lake is Stanley Kubrick, 
right? This yeah. is more Doctor Shock, Chiller Theater. You know, like this right, is right, th- yeah. this is the the the, the drive in circuit grindhouse stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah grindhouse. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Dark Dark Ride. Go get it. Dap, fill us in. Where you been? <sighs> I've been in, I've been enjoying the chat. Nice. We got a lot to cover. Uh, I still have books here on my list that I haven't covered, so I want to hear yours. Uh, let's see. What can I do next? Um, I don't want to. Um, well, real quick, I I did read Terror War before we sat down tonight. Uh, the first issue. Oh, did you like it? Uh, I did. I did. It, it's um, it was wasn't really what i was expecting because even though i was reading saladin's the substack i didn't i wasn't going too deep on his whatever he wrote about terror war because i wanted to wait until till the the book was out so i could read it but um but yeah i mean the whole idea of it with with you know people's worst fears coming to life yeah and and and, and uh basically you know the city's protectors or or the not cops, but they, you have a select few that, uh, maybe not so few that are, that their brains can kind of fight back and vanquish these, uh, these terrors. And, and um, yeah, it, it's, there's, um, it's, it's a little bit too crowded. Whereas that, um, the last week's episode, not, not yesterday's, but last week's episode of the Mandalorian, when, She's making her way to give uh, feedback to drop the intel to um, Moff Gideon. That was a very Blade Runner looking city. That 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 back alley, the way it looked. The splash page here, as um, as we're we're watching our hero um, traveling from Blue City to get to work. Uh, it, it it's a very um, not a ramshackle looking neighborhood. Oh, I think it's it ram. That's it's, a good word. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, it's 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 cluttered. It's crowded. Yeah. Um, but there's that one but, thing. You know, yeah. And then you got that. He goes over to the guy and who's walking by the 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 food vendor. Um, but yeah, there's uh, and and the different terrors. I mean, the first one that we come across with the the the, the giant frog looking creature. Um, that was. And 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 even though like these are they're they're actual like they're not holograms they're not imaginary these are actual living things that are coming after people because when when my man when when Muhammad blows away the first one like he's wearing it for a good while before he gets to work um, yeah so so these things do exist and the one at the end looking like uh, GI Zombie I I just I. I like the characters. I like the idea of it. It's 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 unique. It's um, it's kind of different than you know most of the other things uh, you'll you'll kind of see on the um, at the shop to pick up. Yeah. Um, I think it's like an inverse Nightmare on Elm Street, where where Freddy will kill you in your dreams. In this book, it's obviously sci-fi. <laughs> your dreams will kill you in the waking. You when you're wide awake, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 crew that that Muhammad runs with. Um, you got uh, 
you got Rosie, who, and and they're all the the the. the the few panels that we see them with, see them interact with, they 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 appear to genuinely care and look out for one another. Yeah, they're you know they they, they got to get paid for the work they do, so so there might be some tension there. But for the most part, I mean, you know, Doctor Paz, who's this big brute looking dude, but he seems to be the most mellow and calm and zen guy they have on the team. Um, May, of course, just wants to make sure everything is running smooth. Uh, Rosie and her breasts are in charge of security. Um, and Dimitri seems to be a little on the, the nebbishy side. Maybe, I don't think he's scared, but he's definitely um, the more, uh, the not as chilled guy in the group. But yeah, I just, you get to see them in action. It was it was a really solid first issue. You get, you, you get caught up on, the whole idea of it, what what, what the terrors are, um, who stops the terrors, and uh, and there's it, it's there's a comp- it, there's competition out there. It's it's you know, Muhammad's crew is not the only one out there hunting and, and taking care of these. Uh, not necessarily hunting, but when the call comes in, they have to act, and um, you know, we're introduced to a second team by the end of the first issue. So uh, there's, there's, you're not just fighting these terrors. You, you now have the conflict from, uh, from opposing groups. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig it. I, I think uh, I'm definitely going to check out the next issue. Um, I, I, I like Sullivan's stories. Uh, David Costa's work. Um, Jay Lyston on inks is, um, I think, is fitting it works with this particular story uh there's there's a lot on these pages there, there, there isn't you know there, there's no uh really no john Byrne backgrounds here there's uh, or or non-backgrounds it's there's there's a lot of lines and colors on on these pages a couple full page spreads um but no overall uh i i i dug it a lot i'm glad you told it up last week and it reminded me to to check it out and i'm Definitely glad I did. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. See, that was supposed to be real quick. Ah, that's fun. Um, uh, There's a book we've been overlooking, and it is uh, one that's going to lock down uh, an Orama. Oh, okay. Maybe two Oramas. Oof. Well, I I can't do two Oramas because it just so happens that this artist did two Dark Horse books within the past mm. uh, week. Uh, this book is written by Steve Fox with an E, F-O-X-E. Art by the great Peter Kowalski. Colors by Brad Simpson. Of course, it's published by Dark Horse. It's called All Eight Eyes, number one. Uh, there Again, the, the the premise is easily digestible. Yes. The, the, uh, the planet has been infested with spiders. Okay, not Arachnophobia just on steroids. Yeah, not just any old spiders. These are massive, big ass spiders, and it's it's known by some, but the majority of the waking world has no idea. You may see them out of the corner of your eye. Wait a minute, what did I? What? No, I'm just going to go to work, right? Um, it's all centered around a young man named Vin, 
who is uh, much to Jason's chagrin, probably described best as a slacker. Uh, doesn't have a job. Smokes. Fucking loser. Yeah, smokes. Can't make his rent. Um, can't contribute to uh, his roommate's rent. And so... Uh, yeah, let's get his back blown out. Yeah, he's all... He's yeah. all... <laughs> he's a little bit woe is me. But anyway, and he witnesses something. And he's a bitch ass because when he gets called yeah. out his rent, he's like, yeah. oh, sorry. It's like, well, dude, bro, like... It's a, like other dude's paying his rent. Who cares how he gets the money? I mean, like, because it's, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, dad, dad's paying it, but still, he's he's holding up his end of it. So exactly. Yeah, like well, that. I just would, for the record, would like to say that all Vinnies are not like this. But oh, um, okay, because I'm not. Um, not but true. anyway, and the Beats is certainly not. No, he's working now. He's a working man, putting in that work. So the Vin is just like, oh man, woe is me. I'm gonna go through the park and see what's up. I'm gonna smoke a cigarette and what. He thinks he sees a man murdering another man, but that's not what he sees. This dude's name is Reynolds, and he has a beautiful dog, Possum, uh, who just so happens to be defending another dude from a giant-ass spider. Now, Reynolds puts the beat down on the spider, but Vin is just like, what? What is this? My my freaking brain is broken. Must be the, the drugs or the alcohol or whatever. Um, he, Reynolds gives him the lowdown on the situation that, yeah, there are these giant freaking spiders that are everywhere, man. They're underground. They're, 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 they're feeding on us. But, you know, most people don't know they exist, but I'm telling you, it's true. And he proves it by, by uh, blowing the shit out of an underground nest. Big spiders everywhere. So they, you know, uh, he says, here, here's the deal, kid. Um, you know, if this is something you can handle, you want in, you want to help me with this, I'll be back in the park, you know, whatever. You meet me at this time and, you know, we'll talk. And the kid does. And it's the beginning of a, of a, uh, uh, I think it's the beginning of a, a partnership. But again, uh, wonderful first issue. The setup is easy peasy. You know, we're being preyed upon by spiders and this guy knows what's going down. Right. Um, so this is only the beginning. It looks to me like somebody in the know or access to the media is going to find one of these spiders and the shit's going to be blown all open. Uh, but it's a fun, easily digestible book. Beautifully illustrated by who? Say it, both of you, at once. Peter Kowalski. Yes, he's wonderful. Love Peter Kowalski. Michael Chasden. Yeah. I thought this issue was fun. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was fun. Like you said, there's not, there's not, a, this is not, it, it, this is not a deep book. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I um, really love the, the bridge scene. When it's like, here's an old photo of a bunch of people <laughs> yes, in front yes. of a bridge, and you look, you look in the corner of the bridge. There's a giant daddy long legs. I know, like, what? I know, I'm not having it. No, like, daddy- I'm not having it. Like, like if that was real life, I'd be out. I'd be, I just end it. I think of all spiders, daddy long legs are the most disgusting because they're just oh, really? like, I, yeah, there's this little dot yeah. in the middle of yeah. these massive. Oof, the, no, I can't. Long legs, yeah, legs. they don't no. bother me though, man. Like, like but, but I apparently. I see a brown recluse in the corner of my house. I'm 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 putting the house for sale. I'm 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 out. You got to worry about wolf spiders. Those are fuck you up. I know, dude. 
I've been bit by spiders so many times, I hate it. That, I mean, what's the cure for a lot of spider bites? Oh, well, we got to cut out the necrotic skin. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not like a snake it, 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 that is just like, I've, oh, I've here. So many times I've, I've, I've been bit by a spider, and then I'm like, oh, that means it was in my bed. And I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I can't even deal with that reality. Like, that's. Did you ever get your dick bit by a spider? I hope not. Not that I know of. That might explain why one of my, my Bozax is black. It was all like necrotic, though. Maybe that's why. Stop. <laughs> Yeah, well, Bozax. No, but dude, so so Steve, <laughs> Steve Fox, by the way, is uh, I don't because I like I said I didn't want to be spoiled, but Steve Fox is the editor of World Tree and the Department of Truth, by the way. What? Yeah, he's uh, I don't know his relationship with Tynan, like if they're friends or he's his protege, but he he co-created the Razor Blades anthology with him, uh, and he edits a bunch of his books. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So. Well, I, I got to also give it up to Brad Simpson. I think the color, um, yeah. the focus on the color in this book is really intense. Um, it, when it's night, you know it's night, right? Yep. Uh, and and t- there's just a different, uh, a very purposeful attention to lighting in this book. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. It seemed to be, uh, I think... Maybe uh, uh, there seems to be a few more close-ups, especially of Reynolds, um, in this compared to um, where monsters lie. More monsters lie. There's a lot of um, long, uh, not wide angle, but 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 distant shots. You'll you, you'll see a lot of things happening because because there's a lot of there's a lot of action going on in this whole neighborhood. There seems to be there aren't a ton of really close-up faces. Um, in where monsters lie in this book there are you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of face shots from either reynolds from definitely from vin um the dog possum i just um yeah i i i got a kick out of this this was fun well reynolds got I mean, fucked in, in, up he got yes, fucked up yeah, in a fire yeah, from it, fighting a, yeah. in the hood for a reason he, but it's he, it's it's cool the the backstory is subtle in this book like Vin obviously has problems with his stepfather or his yep. father because he's on the phone with his mother. He's like, I'm never coming back to that place. Not if that guy's still in the house, you know, like, so it, it's, it's not like the Fox is giving you data on these characters. He's just not, you know, holding your nose and shoving it down your throat. Also, it's, it, it takes place in 2003. So it's not like it's a, it's a modern day current. I wonder if there's a reason for that. I, I'm not. That's it's, interesting. Yeah, it's it's not. It, I don't know if it's necessarily. I mean, obviously, it, it's it's post nine eleven because it's New York City. But it, it's it's weird that uh, it, it just it, it jumped out at me that it was like it wasn't like we 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 meet Vin in two thousand three and now it's present day and he meets Reynolds it's like it's it's that same night so it's just it's I'm not I'm not it may not mean anything he just decided to pick that year but it it, it, it stuck out to me so I wonder if if it'll come into play before the, the uh, series is on this yeah. now either either Kowalski is insanely fast or it's just one of those quirks of the publishing cycle where a bunch of the last few years of his yeah. work is finally hit because he's Obviously, he's, he's he's doing these two books, but then he's also just did well again. Just, I don't know if he just did it, but but the the books were just published, which is Bloodborne by Titan. Yep, and um and um 
the Mad Cave book, uh, uh, the Carmen line, which is uh, by Mad Cave, which is a new publisher. Well, so that, he, he was working on uh, Monster World at the same time he was working on Bloodborne. Like he, yeah, so I, I think he's just fast. Must be. Yeah, and, and um, I read a thing in an uh, interview with Fox about this, and uh, it, weirdly, he he said he's not afraid of spiders at all. In fact, he has a spider tattoo. Um, but uh, but he said he just he figured like he knows most people are freaked out by spiders. Yeah, and uh, not surprisingly, he just says he has an unabashed nostalgic love for creature fissures. So like, yeah, he said uh, you know Jaws is to his mind like the best one ever. But he said uh, them giant Gila monster, uh, piranha alligator the nest all things that uh all movies he adores so you can't see it but i'm my pants are getting a little tight <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah who did the special effects in piranha jason we seem to get a good return whenever we mention this man's name oh uh harryhausen no rick baker mm-hmm. oh rick baker that will that would have yeah, been yeah, that the would, more that obvious would, guess yeah that would track all right. So yes. Uh, and by the way, I'm not much for uh, for variant covers, as you know, but uh, but there's a Stoko cover to this issue, which <gasps> I would love. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I I yeah. don't make a point of like last episode. Tony's like, oh yeah, I'm doing um, alternate covers for um, for a book that. Oh we, crap! Yeah. That yeah. that we talked about, and I was like, what? Really? I didn't know that uh, because I don't. Uh, I don't look at the alternate covers, so maybe I should. Maybe I should. Yeah. Was it Arcade Kings? Because you said that. Uh, no, it was no, something. It? It's a book that I buy. It's Dark Ride. Yeah, he's doing the Disney alternate. Oh, okay. Or the Disney. Oh, interesting. Yeah, for Dark Ride, and I was like, what? Yeah. Huh. So, but uh, hey, everybody! Whoa! Thank you for being here with us once again. We... Wow! I guess we're calling it night. That's no, we're on we're on two hours. We'll probably do another half hour of in your travels. Okay, man. Yeah, cool. Oh my God. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Jason? Give me something else. No, yeah. man. Drive drive the train. No, down. I'm I'm looking at your your list, and there's some things that you didn't even touch upon. Like what the hell? Yeah. Well, I I mean, how are you? Unless it's going to be in your travels. I mean, there's a book that I thought you would have led with tonight. It was going to be my in your travels, but oh, then well, you the, can make, no, you can make it in your travels, and then I'll I'll tag team. All right, I want to do a, a quick shout out because this is a book that uh, many probably be surprised that I would talk about versus either of you Jumokes, but uh, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Usagi Ojimbo Where When Number One. I can't read it yet. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, well I don't have to. I mean I won't get into the plot. It, listen again, it, this is not a lot of these books we talk about today are just surface level fun. This this one, and th- I would include this as well. The, the title tells you what the book is about. <laughs> True, <laughs> hey, right? It's 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 written and drawn by by Stan Sakai. You're you're you start off in the Usagi feudal Japan, uh, which is uh, and and I am. Very, very limited in my experience reading Usagi comics, but I, I think anyone that's that's a fan of comics knows that Usagi conceptually is is set in in a anthropomorphic feudal Japan, and uh, and they are they are Usagi and some of his cohorts are encamped, and uh, yeah, and then and then flash forward to modern day, and the turtles are doing their thing in New York City, and 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 something brings them together. In feudal Japan, and that's kind of that's the whole setup, you know. I mean, that's nice. pretty, the premise. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I every time we bring up 
Usagi or Stan Sakai, I always feel compelled to make the caveat of like, I haven't read a lot of his career work and I always feel dumb about it because what little I have seen is always super, super well done and super fun. And it's like, there's no real good reason why I haven't been like a big Sakai mark. Um, and this was more of the same. I mean, I thought him drawing the turtles was awesome and, uh, I can't wait to continue reading it. It was, I thought a terrific first issue, like good setup, you know, yeah, straightforward premise, big cliffhanger. I mean, not an unexpected cliffhanger, but, but, but a logical one to further the story. And, you know, I can't wait to see what happens. I flipped through it. It certainly is beautiful. Yeah. And didn't, so neither of you have read the, uh, unless you talked about it last week, I didn't, it, it, the, um, unstoppable doom patrol with Burnham. I read it. Yeah. I didn't, did you I not didn't, like it. I, I liked it. Um, I think Burnham did a fantastic job on the art. I thought, yeah. the, I thought the story was fun up until pain in the ass fucking Batman shows up. Like I don't want yeah. Batman in yeah. my doom patrol. Yeah. That, that's a fair, that is a fair point. And, and I, I wondered at the time too. I'm like, well, I'm like, they don't advertise it's going to be the book, so it's not like they did it just because they thought it would help it sell more. So it's like, not on why the did cover. They doing it. Not That's right. what I mean. Like, so why did they do it? Right? Because I, I could see if they're like, oh man, like you know, last few iterations of Doom Patrol haven't sold that well. Maybe we'll throw Batman in the first arc and it'll help draw some eyes. But they don't like you said. It's it's a cold. It's a cold cameo. It's not like we knew he was coming. Um, so yeah, but I but I honestly I really enjoyed it though. I mean, I love Doom Patrol in, in all the iterations, and like you said, I think Burnham is a perfectly natural fit for for that for that mythos and i and i i like the fun conceit of um you know with team books of and i I, this is my preferred model with a team book give us a few of the characters we expect tweak one or two of of the characters in a way that we maybe didn't expect and then give give me some new characters and that's that's what this this follows that formula right you've got a new character in beast girl who to their credit isn't just a a female version right it's not like she's also green it's it, which i appreciate it's it's she clearly has a different power set as she, she's she's um she, you know she looks almost like uh she kind of looks like a like a a sexier version of, of of scotty's twig or kyle stram's twig right but uh yeah but it was um, a, it, the, the inclusion was smart because there is a direct line from garth to the yes. to the doom patrol so yeah, so, no, no, so no, having sure, a, a female sure. a female uh you know beast boy Right, what analog. It like, just makes sense. It makes sense, but I like that it wasn't just a, a you know a, a female version of Garth, like a, a right. female who had the same exact powers, like was you know was was like She Hulk. Like it isn't just like oh she's Garth's cousin and was transfused with his blood. Like no no no, it's it's the namesake is to evoke Garth's involvement and connection to the team, but she is a completely different. Yes. Her powers and her look are different. Yeah. Um, and then I love the new leader, you know, which I guess, I don't know if it's a spoiler cause it's in the solicits, but I, you know, I, I, I think it's cool that we've, that she's been promoted to leader, you know, cause right. you would think that's going to go wrong, right? Like she's, <laughs> she's, I mean, she's by definition deeply psychotic and broken. So I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know about her being the leader, right? <laughs> that doesn't seem like. Well, that's the thing. Again, a, a yeah. novel approach, right? But right. but wasting three or four pages on freaking Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost but, lost me. If the book didn't look so beautiful, mm-hmm. um, I probably wouldn't read issue number two. Okay, but I, that's interesting. I think this is some of Burnham's best work in years. 
No, I really, I mean, I, re- I liked it more than you did in the sense that, like, the Batman thing, I was kind of like, that was unnecessary, but it didn't bother me. I wasn't offended by it because I assume it's not, it's not like Batman's going to just be a character in the book. I, no, I don't but that. it's, it, you have nothing else creatively to say. Come on. Now, if in issue two, they, they meet up with John Kent and then issue three, one, like, okay, then I'm going to be like, all right, guys, like, let's, let's relax, Dennis. You, you know, because Dennis Culver is the writer, you know, then I'd say, like, all right, Dennis, you're going to get your opportunity, presumably, to write these characters some, some other time. You don't need to fit them all in here, but, uh, but no, I thought it was good, man. And it's a limited series. I think it's a six issue limited series. So, um, you know, but, uh, but I liked it. The, the, the Doom Patrol are strong enough where they do not need to rely on Batman to sell the first issue. Or they should. No, I agree. They I agree. should. But, yeah. but again, even, but, but I don't know that he was in there to sell the issue because we don't, we know, there's no reason you would know he was in the issue based on solicits or the covers. But that's so my hope. So why bother? Like, why waste well, I those pages? I think the why bothers because Dennis wanted to put Batman in there, right? Like, I because they were in Gotham, like that. Right. Like he, I think he just thought it would be neat. Maybe because I, I don't know his career well enough. Maybe he's he's never had a chance to write Batman, and so it's a dream. And he's like, I don't know how if I'm going to have a long career. I, in DC, I, yeah, I get so. that. I get that. But yeah. there's nine point nineteen point five thousand Bat books a month. We don't need another one. What's weird to me is that uh, my only piece of Chris Burnham art is a Batman sketch. Really, which you might wonder, like, how the hell that happened? Because I'm not about it, it. I was it was back at Windy City Comic Con. Talk about blast from the past. And I was uh, just trying to get art for the kiddos, and I was like, Burnham can draw something for my son. And he's like, What do you want me to draw? And I'm like, Well, he likes Batman because they were watching uh, Brave and the Bold at the time, and he drew Batman. So, like, on a grappling hook, yeah. I think, number one, I think that's not the, the surprising thing about that revelation. The thing that surprises me the most is that you only have one piece of Burnham art. That's crazy. Oh. That's, well. That's crazy. Um, I, I've never been in the position to get a commission from him since then. I, you know, he rarely, I felt like, goes to cons, at least not that I was attending, I think, because he's a West Coast guy. And, um yeah, and and you know I you know he's one of those artists who we know personally, and and I I like his art a lot, like the style. But I guess as I think about it, a lot of his career he's drawn books that I don't care enough about to want the art. You know what I mean? Like the I I just think you don't like Chris Burnham. Oh, that's nonsense. <laughs> that's nonsense. <laughs> yeah. What if he did you a, a nice um, domino? I'd love it. I haven't ever had the opportunity. Well, let's hook it up. I know you're I on mean, high artist. I know. I know. Yes, I am on high artist. Yes. How about a, ni- a nice domino with a lollipop and a big ass gun? Be great, right? Basically, make it happen. You making plans for my fiftieth birthday? Is that what's happening here? You? I would love to bestow you that upon you. Scenes for this? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I was told once again by my lovely wife that any interest and plan i have of seeing japan will be without her so i so uh, wow. still gotta still gotta get the, that uh, plan in motion that means i gotta walk behind you in japan but that's okay all right everybody hey thank you for being here with us once again remember who made this possible yo cheap graphic novels.com remember if you play well when you place an order you'll get a confirmation and it'll say, hey, thanks for your order. And you reply to that confirmation and say, my dude, Max, EOC sent me. So I want that free, sweet shipping credit for my second order. And you'll get it. 
You'll get it. The, your, the shipping on your second massive order will be gratis. Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com and do us a solid. Check out Patreon.com uh, forward slash 11 o'clock comics because that's, mm-hmm. where the, that's where all the crazy people congregate. Um, we have audio, sometimes four to six hours of extra audio a month that the people on the regular feed, the rubes, they don't hear it. Um, there's images, audios, videos, downloads. Uh, you get to participate in the book of the month. You also, if you would be bold enough to do this, you can be one of our slackers that uh, joins us each and every day to talk about everything various and Sunday. Sunday? Sunday? Sunday. Um, 11 o'clock. Yeah, patreon.com <laughs> forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Check it out in your travels. Uh, I'm going to talk about a book that I'm going to bet. I heard a little boink. That means somebody's either peeing. Uh, oh, that. <laughs> thank you, Jason. Um, I'm going to guess that Jason did not like this book. Interesting. Okay. I'm yes. intrigued. Written by Michael Morici. That's how you say it, right, Morici? I think so, yes. Yes. Illustrated by Giuseppe Caffaro, with color art by Barbara Nocenzo. Published by Ablaze, who, remember, are the new rights holder for Conan. So, only a matter of time, people. Uh, And this is called The Mighty Barbarians, number one. In short, I'll make it really quick. A great darkness is sweeping over the land in the form of creatures called the Elf. A-L-E-P-H, the Elf. Um, These creatures are capable of turning beings to their evil ways. Um, They can possess you, make you drag you over to their side. Um, The the hook is, uh, how do we defeat these the Elf? What do we do? Oh my God. Well, there are four magic orbs scattered across the multiverse that can stem the tide. But... We need warriors to fetch them. Enter Morgan Le Fay, who possesses the magics necessary to hop dimensions and get the band together. And the band being, are you sitting down for this? Because it's big doings. I'll lead with the strong right hook. Cull. King Cull is one of the, uh, the band. Nanook of the North he who is able to transform into a giant-ass polar bear, uh, Anansi. If you're a Neil Gaiman fan, you already know who this person is. Anansi. Trickster God. Yes. Uh, there's a Viking shield maiden named Burka. Cool thing about it is... Last name's Stock. It... it <laughs> 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 the, the cool thing about it is that um, Marici leads... With Thongor. And if you're under, well, if you're under 40, you probably don't know who Thongor is. But uh, Thongor is a creation of Lynn Carter. And he appeared uh, in the Bronze Age in Marvel's Creatures on the Loose anthology. But you didn't know that. Did you know that, Jason? No clue. Okay, well, Thongor is a big deal. Uh, champion of Lemuria, right? 
Uh, his buddy, Carm Carvis, is in here. The wizard, Sharjasha. Uh, Sir Lancelot's running around in here. As is King Arthur. What? And, if that wasn't enough, uh, Brule, the picked spear slayer, is in here. Uh, Brule, unfortunately, is turned by the uh, the elf. I thought it was a really fun issue. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost um, egregious in its fan service because it's picking all of these great characters from the multiverse, putting them all together, and Conan's going to show up. I'm going to tell you right now, Conan's going to show up. Because the solicitation for issue number two, they blurred out one character. And it's like, mm. it's like, duh. You know, you have the Conan license. Conan's going to show up. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm guessing you didn't. Now, why would you think I didn't? Because you don't like fun. And I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> Vince's backstory, some of you that listen to the bonus episode in a few weeks will hear that I was not a particular fan of Arcade Kings, number one. And that is hurting Vince's heart in a big way. It's broken. It's not, not hurting in my like heart. It's, it's broken um, and leaking. Dude, this is a story about getting the band together. How could I not like this issue? I don't issue? know. I don't know. It, I mean, it does have that Arthurian edge with Morgan Le Fay. I thought it was fun. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And there are many ways to do a getting the band together story, but this is the correct way. Oh. You give dedicated pages and narrative to introducing everyone to the character, letting them show off their badassery, and then letting them join the team. That is how every getting the band together book or movie should be handled. Like all the 70s kung fu movies, that's how it was handled. They'd go to the spot, dude would show off his fighting style, whoop some ass, and then be like, yeah, I'm coming along. It'd be like, yes, in Westerns, it's like whatever weapon of choice they had, whether they were a quick draw or a marksman with a rifle, you'd see him take care of business with the weapon, and then boom, they're joining the team. That's what they did in this. Morechi has goodwill for me from Barbaric. Uh, I dug it. Now, I don't think the art for me was as strong as, say, Nathan Gooden's art on Barbaric. I love Nathan Gooden, though, so, but I thought it was perfectly fine. Um, now, to your point, I don't know for sure, because this is an ongoing, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue to love this once the band is together, per se. One thing I wanted to ask you is, I always thought Cole was basically a Conan ripoff. No. So what's the point of having Cole and Conan in the same book? Well, Cole predated Conan by a thousand or more years. Cole was from Atlantis. So, well, okay. I, you're, I mean, fictionally, but who came first IRL? I'm, I'm guessing Conan. I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure Conan. Yeah. But um, I, I'm not entirely... Oh, see, but, I mean, you called me he, out. I mean, now I'm wondering. I, no, because there's not many cull stories, and there's a shitload of Conan stories by mm-hmm. Robert E. Howard. So I'm guessing. I'm I'm almost entirely sure Conan came first, but I don't really know. But I'm guessing that Conan came first. But anyway, um, but in in terms of the timeline, cull definitely came first. So the the I guess. The fact that they're picking Cull to lead means it just cements the fact that this is oh, a. By the this, way, just just nothing wrong, but but you were Cull came first in story. 
Yeah, Cole was Robert E. Howard's first creation, and then All Conan right. was the subsequent creation. Well, I'm just going to go bury my fucking head in the sand because I suck. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, um, and the, as it says here, um, Conan's first appearance was a rewrite of a rejected Cole story. I How knew about that. I knew that, but I didn't know it was Conan's Crazy. first appearance. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I th- I think the fact that it's cool that they picked cull to lead because it just slams home the fact that this is a time and space thing where it's you know it, it, it it's across dimensions so if cull came first you know uh atlantis sunk into the sea but then you have king arthur and 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 lancelot running around you it, it just makes it vivid that it's not set in one time place not time frame mm-hmm. I thought it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm not. Nanook was very surprising to me that he just freaking turned into the giant, ravenous polar bear. Who doesn't want a giant polar bear on their team? I mean, if you if anyone has watched Cocaine Bear, we should all be big proponents of having a bear on our side because they can do some damage. I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, it's a pretty terrible movie, honestly. But like, it's stupid fun. But it's like, the, the, I mean. It's, you know, it's one note. It's one note. Yeah, but the fact that you call it a terrible movie makes me want to see it more. No, it's a terrible movie, like, in the sense that, like, you know, again, there's no, like, you get the conceit of the story 10 minutes in, and then it is that until the end. There's no, there's, there's no second layer or twist. It's just a coked out bear killing people. Like All right, let me, let me ask you a question. Willie's Wonderland. Good movie or terrible movie? Did you see I it? I don't know that I've ever seen it. The Nicolas Cage movie where he basically nah. fights the characters from Five Nights at Freddy's? Haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't speak to it. So I would say great movie. You'd probably see terrible movie. But My uh, my son Jackson saw Renfeld last night and said it was horrendous. How could it be horrendous? It's a Nick Cage movie. Written by Robert Kirkman. Yes. What else has he written? But anyway, um, uh, so yes, Mighty Barbarians number one, published by Ablaze, Blaze. written by Michael Morici, illustrated by Giuseppe Cafaro, with color art by Barbara Nocenzo. It's good stuff. Take Jason's word for it. It's good stuff. Well, I mean, if you if you bothered to watch my video of my top five comics of the week, you would have seen that Mighty Barbarians was, in fact, one of my five comics. Hmm. He wasn't going to watch it. Do you want to ruin tonight's episode? Right. Yeah, no, Thank no, you. I know, I know. I know. Amid the the eight hours a day he spent on YouTube, he couldn't spend the five minutes to. You, you start talking about UFOs and ghosts, and then I'll start watching your. Maybe shit. I talked about UFOs. Well, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you, wouldn't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Mighty barbarians, wow. yo. Dick. Yeah. Dick. I, hey, how about this? <laughs> I talked about everything I wanted to talk about this week. That is amazing. Uh-huh. Yes. Remember. Kyle Starks, proud recipient, EOC Dialogue of the Month Award. We should get him on the show. You're the sure. one with the clout. Get him. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. We only talk about his books like every week these days. We do. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see. I mean, I feel like our fourth chair like it does Slack Hangouts with every creator on the planet. So he maybe he's boys with them. We'll have to find out. Oh, Tony. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, don't you feel like every time we mention someone, Tony's like, oh, yeah, I do a Slack uh, hangout with him on Thursdays. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we tell yeah. I'm like, dude, there's like, you really talk to everybody in the business. Like maybe, last maybe, week, he's just he like, a, uh, he, he, he said, yeah, I was talking to Burnham. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're tight. Yeah. No, I knew they were tight. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole West Coast career, they're all tight. The Cali yeah. career. It just baffles my mind that Tony's West Coast. Like, if there's anybody that should be East Coast, it should be Tony. Really? I think so. He's one of us. Oh, he's out late me. Ah, he's big time. He's not big time. He's, he's He's got a good heart. You think nobody out on the West Side has a good heart? I didn't say that. But I think it's what you just said. Yeah. I, but, yeah. but a lot of people, West Coast, are jockeying for positions. Tony just wants to love people. Hmm. I mean, Tony Loki makes moves. He doesn't fake moves. I mean, oh, I didn't know. say that, but he does it. He does well, it with stuff a movie premiere. Yes, he does do that. But he does it. He's got very good intentions. And why? No, I, I was just thinking the the whole thing with with uh, Binu and and Gita. Does he not see Oksana? Like she's definitely the dime piece in this book. No. I mean, yes. Just say it. Yes. Sure. She's got her dress coming off her shoulder. She's a redhead. She's got those full pooched out lips. Oksana. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> that means that means she can't run. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We get yeah. you. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Dap. Do it. Oh man. So this was this was one book I've been. Um, I've been waiting for with this dawn of DC. Um, I know you can't go home again. It's 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 no reason to even attempt that. But um, you uh, you give me Connor Kent with a uh, homage to the first to 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 the cover of uh, of of the first issue of Superboy, and and you're you're tugging a little bit. And, and and you're going to make me interested. Um, uh, Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, uh, written by Kenny Porter. This may be the first thing from Kenny Porter that I've read. That I've read. Um, Janoy Lindsay on art um, and color. Lewis Lucas Gatoni on letters, and um, it's. A, a, a pretty solid first issue. Um, events take place before what's going on currently in Action Comics. Um, Connor, of course, is is hanging out with the Kents and and the Els and the rest of the Superman family, but he's also feeling a little um, maybe overshadowed. Like he doesn't really have a place um, between John and uh, and Kara, and of course. Cal, they have things pretty much under control in Metropolis. Um, and of course, now with, with Keenan there and, and the uh, and the youngsters that he brought back from War World, house is a little crowded. So um, the issue starts off with uh, John swinging through, uh, Connor swinging through Metropolis to get coffee to bring back to Mom Pa Kent, who that's where he's living. Um, but on his way out of Metropolis, Dr. Polaris is uh, wreaking havoc. So Connor figures, I'll put a stop to it. But um, actually, 
John and um, and Kara kind of swoop in and save the day, and Superman takes care of Doctor Polaris. So um, there really isn't much else for Connor to do. So he scoops up the coffee and heads home uh, to the Kent farm and uh, talks to Mom Pa for a bit. Um, and uh, he basically, you know, he, he, he's kind of a little bit in a woe is me mode and uh, you know he's just trying to find his place in the world he's it, it ties into his return his reappearance from um young justice when bendis brought him back so pocket's just like you know you just need to find your metropolis and that gives connor an idea so he heads out to the uh, fortress of solitude and there's a uh there's a teleportation bracelet that um Kal-El borrowed it took from a uh, a Kunda bounty hunter and it's unstable and that's all Connor needs to hear is that listen then somebody's going to need my help I'm going to teleport off this planet and just go somewhere else where I know people need me so he ends up at um, the planet uh, Dragoy and he um, he's going to save the citizens uh they're a little concerned about this person who just appeared and um and there are it is a rather rough and humble looking group they all have numbers on on their shirts uh, and they're ready to throw down with the uh, with 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 superboy and because they're the ones that are here causing mischief on this planet and, and, and Connor's, you know, holding his own against them. And here comes a dominator who is, uh, these creatures are his experiments. And, and, uh, and he's like, you know, genetic manipulation and I've, I've, I've enhanced and made these creatures better. And, and, um, so this is all just play for them. Connor has, uh, has a bit of a back and forth. The dominator realizes that, uh, that Connor is a clone uh, and uh, where he's from, they were able to combine Kryptonian DNA and powers into other species. So Dominator's like, this dude's going to be perfect back at the lab. So we'll, um, we'll bring him back with us. And uh, Connor starts to fight back, but because these, these four or five dudes with the, numbers on their shirt the dominator's like okay so you are tougher than i thought but um but you you have to realize that uh that you saw the numbers on their shirts you didn't think that you know these were these are the only this was the only crew that i had with me and all of a sudden a barrage of of aliens come raining down on connor and he's doing his best to um to fight him off and all of a sudden um other laser blast and beams are flying through the air and they're taking care of um of the dominator's crew uh and we're introduced to the uh the cosmeteers and they um and and while they stop the dominator they're also um not impressed that a kryptonian showed up and um and connor's going to have to deal with them but that's 
going to be for the next issue. I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a fun first issue. It's, it's, you know, it's different than the John Kent mini. It's different than what's going on in the Superman books. Connor is just he feels like the redheaded stepchild. He's he's just kind of just a fish out of water. He's not like it's been saying throughout the entire issue. He doesn't have a place. He's he's either going to get lost in the shuffle or he's not going to be as as necessary as the rest of uh, the Superman family. So um, he wants to do his own thing, and uh, and and it looks like he's going to be able to. It's it's interesting that uh, this book is. It's a six issue miniseries, but it's coming out at the same time as as Superman Lost, where of course you know Superman is trying to find his way back home after being thrown out into the far reaches of space. Uh, and this is kind of, sort of, not exactly, but 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 a similar theme as far as Connor not being on Earth doing Superboy things. But um, Lindsay's art uh, is 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 kind of fitting. Um, it's very action oriented there's uh there's a lot going on in these panels a lot of characters being thrown around um it it's it's not as um it there are parts of it that remind me a little bit of uh jamal campbell even though the colors and 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 the, the line work is is different they're just little things that um that make me think that that they'd be complimentary if they were working on a on something together but um I, I I dug it. I'm not really sure what's going on with Connor's hair, but other than that, um, I, I I liked it a lot. The little jacket's back. The, the 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 big shield sewn onto the back is there. So no, I um, if you're going to give me this version of Connor, not the black t-shirt and blue jeans, um, then you know you're you're kind of speaking my language. So yeah, in your travels, I'd uh, I, I I'd recommend Superman, Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, and it's not um you know you don't have to be reading the other superman family of books to uh find out what's going on here or kind of or, or, or read any of that to lead into this you can just kind of pick this up and, and and take it for a ride so yeah i um i dug it i'll uh look forward to seeing where we go nice yeah i mean uh i feel like uh the superman books are in a good spot right now it's just kind of you must be happy about that. I, I really, really am. Um, you know, we live in a world where manga are expected to go on for like 87 volumes. And uh, I don't know how hardcore manga fans take it when a book is like canceled quickly. Like it must be devastating. But being that uh, I am only a, uh, you know, a very passive manga consumer... I am not at all bothered by the fact that this series ended so quickly because <laughs> I got in and got out, and that's all I needed. And I am talking about Rokura Ogaki's Crazy Food Truck, Volume 3, the final volume of the manga, um, is out in our hands. And, um, you know, we have talked about the first two volumes. I don't know if you fine gentlemen have read the third volume yet. Um but uh, but I I know it ended a, I know it ended prematurely. Like I know it wasn't the plan to end it so quickly. But uh, I just thought it was fun as hell that they ended it so quickly because like it just third volume like so much happens like they, like it is ridiculous how much happens. Um, you know, uh, our girl Arisa is kidnapped uh, and 
our boy Gordon and Arisa's sister Mina and uh, some of Gordon's former aides de camp when he was a military general. Uh, Kyle and Dylan and some others all team up to rescue her from, uh, you know, the castle where she's being held. And uh, we find out an absurd reveal of what this empire's treasure is. It's just ridiculous and hilarious. And uh, and then and then as a result of that, there's a subsequent cooking scene involving some of that, which is just great. And it actually is one of my favorite types of sushi, so I was very pleased to see that. Um, but uh, but no, I thought it was a blast, and I will say there was there was some, you know, there's a lot of fan service in a lot of these manga, but but at least in 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 most of the really popular mainstream ones, I feel like there isn't a lot of like genuine sex. And uh, our man Ogaki gives us the naughty; he <laughs> gives us the bang bang, which I appreciated because I didn't expect to see that. I thought this was just going to be another pure fan service type of a book so uh yeah i thought it wrapped up well man tight and right in and out i'm here for it like give me some more three volume manga i'm here i'm ready for it so uh yeah i mean i would have loved if we got some more because i've enjoyed what i read but 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 i'll remember this fondly even if it ended quite quickly yeah it's super short relatively yeah uh, relative to other other manga i have it right here i do have to finish mm-hmm. it this weekend well i'm glad you're branching out jason trying new things good it's good to see yeah you know me i know so close so close-minded and yeah how did you jump (laughs) Uh, and and you know us you know we're going to be back next time so please return but in the meantime go to your comic shops or your online retail like cheapgraphicnovels.com buy some comics read them love them come back here maybe we'll talk about them or tell us to talk about them patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics look it up in the meantime, say goodnight. I have two implements. <laughs> David. Good night. Screw him up, screw him up, screw him up. Screw him up, screw him up. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. What do you think the odds are of me convincing Beth to, to get tattooed like fear from World Tree? Yes. Get her to do that. She doesn't need that. It'd be so hot. She's already hot. It would be hot if 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 we showed up at the house for Con Weekend and she was dressed like Fear. I'd have to yeah, leave. I bet it would. Yeah. I'd have to leave. <laughs> I'd be like, my dude, I love I, you, Mount. Mount. Yeah. I didn't hear. I didn't hear what you guys thought of World Tree, but I loved it, and I and I, yep. I, I think Fear is. Whew, I mean, I know she's an absolute homicidal freak, but wow! Uh, what a freak! Yeah, what a, what a sexy homicidal freak! <laughs> I love, I love the fucking the, the overalls only. That was that was so hot. But yeah, I just we had a um, yeah. Well, we don't do timestamps, but there was yeah. Tony and I were kind of on the same page, especially with some of the characters. There are some characters that Vince absolutely dislikes. Yeah, I wish they all burn in a fire. Oh, you yeah. didn't like the book? No, I liked it a lot. I, I, oh. think, I thought it was very good, but there are some characters I just wish. Some maybe Pamby dudes. That yeah, like step up. Come on, you're not. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah, he was harsh. Yeah, but well, fear, very, fear is fear is pure genius. Yes, it is. Love this. Yep. And that page when she shows uh, homeboy the murderer, and like she shows him the phone. Uh-huh. And he yep. sees in the web like that is a hell of a rendering. That's a great that's a great splash page. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's a good ass book. Sold out. Oh yeah? 
Yeah, no, I, I thought, yeah. I mean, you know, Tynan is incredible at first issues. Like, his first issues are always bangers. That's it for that one.